Welcome to another episode of SME Funding. My name is Lynette Sinduli and I'm the Chief Executive Officer of Innate Investment Solutions. And as usual, I'm joined by my co-host, Kumaran Padayachi of Spartan. And today we have a special guest in studio, another family member of the Business Day TV family, <laughs> Mona Lisa Sam. Mona Lisa Sam is also the CEO of Tungwa Retail Holdings, which is a specialist retail business development firm based right here in South Africa. And she often offers expert tips to our viewers at home on that particular sector, as well as the opportunities and how to get around the obstacles and challenges in that space. Welcome, Mona Lisa. Thank you, Lynette. Thank you for having me, Kumara and Lynette. Thank you very much. So, Mona Lisa, today we'd like to discuss the peculiarities as well as the things that businesses in the retail space need to be aware of, particularly when they go for all important funding mm. to grow, to start, to and expand, not only their product offerings, but also the infrastructure that is required in the retail space. And we'd like for you just to give us an overview of retail in South Africa and what you've seen as you go about the day-to-day -day operations of your business. Okay, so retail in the South African context is largely defined by shopping centers. Um, our retail sector in South Africa is the most advanced on the continent, being 30 years old, um, and has, um, you know, we have the top six number of, in the world of shopping centers in the country. And that's been as a result of developments and our urbanization and our change um, in customer demographics as well in terms of uh, how we're moving. Um, but retail for the viewers is, you know, it's very simple in their minds because we interact with retail every day. Mm -hmm. We go to shops, we buy something, we transact. And so in, in their minds, it's, it's quite simplistic. But there's very many definitions. You have your big box retailers. So those are your large established retailers who have more than one establishment in, a, in, you know, in very many locations. So your pick and pay, for example, your pick and pay hypermarket. Am I allowed to mention brands? Sorry. You can, no problem. <laughs> and, and, but let me ask you, for, for SMEs, for audience being SMEs, what give me some examples of SME type of retail businesses okay. and it's not necessarily retail exists in a shopping center, right? No, of course. Yes. Right. I was just so giving context show, of show, show. what most retail businesses aim for. Sure. They aim for that, you know, that, okay. that, that cream of the crop so is be having feel, a right. big box. So yeah. typically small retailers would be very informal. Um, so they have some, they've identified stock, they've identified a market, and they sell it in all different ways. They can sell it out of their boot. They can sell it to what is now a trending pop-up shop. So they'll have different, in different locations pop up every time. Online is also a big one um, as well, where you have your stock and you obviously have an online platform where people can then purchase through the system on your, on your, on, on your site, as well as just um, having products that you kind of develop for, so that's customization. That's another form of retail, mm. where people curate certain things on Instagram, on Facebook, and they test the market in that way to okay. say, should I buy more of that? Okay. So those are the typical okay. small retailers that we've and seen. And can you lay out for, for especially with your expertise, uh, Mona Lisa, the typical category of needs that a SME retailer would need funding for? 
Okay. What are the kind of trigger points in the different things? So first and foremost, stock, because without a product, you have nothing to sell. Um, that is typically what, let's call it an informal retailer, and an informal being you're not in a shopping center. Mm. So you need uh, funding for stock. You need funding for marketing. Um, the cost of ac acquiring your customer is a cost, your branding, your publicity, because you must remember you're competing against established retailers who most of the time have the product that you have at a lower price. So there has to be a differentiator mm. and that's what you've got to uh, communicate in your, and that, that is a cost. Mm. If you are going to go into a shopping center, so you found a space, you found a location, you need um, you know, funding for a deposit um, for the lease yes, agreement yes. that uh, the, the landlord will want a deposit for you, from you, sorry, um, as well as funding for the infrastructure. Uh, retail is very specialized, so shop fitters are far and few between and so their prices are uh, tend to be higher than what you would find your average carpenter <laughs> to fulfill your store. So for that, and of course the stock, um, you've got to find the stock and the staff. What about break-even period, so the burn period? So let's say someone opens up a retail business, whether in a shopping mall or uh, on a street side uh, uh, thing, and uh, surely they're not going to be up and running in terms of profitability, cash flow, and prof and normal profit. No, absolutely. That period could be, I don't know, is there a norm? Typically, yeah, typically it could take up to so break even so on average there, three years. Is there Santa Claus that pays for those <laughs> funding periods for that, right? The Santa Claus, what I've, that, that, that period uh, between, you know, starting and break even mm -hmm. is the biggest risk. And that's why most uh, uh, small businesses cannot secure funding because banks and investors recognize that as the biggest risk period um, because it's based on assumptions. It's based on you've said we're going to sell so many units and so forth. Um, so most of the businesses that I interact with, it's self-funded um, from friends, from savings, from selling their homes and so forth, just to be able to ride that wave. I say three years, some businesses have broken even within six months, oh, wow. um, depending on how aggressive they've been in their marketing as so, well. So once you start going into the world then of self-funding, and Mona Lisa, you've obviously just pinpointed all of those different sources of it. And you've said there's sort of a three-year break where you've got to be doing that for yourself. What then becomes the next series of needs um, that then necessitates that you got to a very formalized structure or institutions now to say, I need to fund these specific things? Because in that three years, you haven't only funded your own survival, but you've now funded a lot of the things that you would have needed from a funder in the first instance. Mm, mm. What are you looking for next? So next you're looking for expansion, mm -hmm. um, expansion funding. I always say, you know, in terms of the clients that I work with, one store, you're not in retail. Retail is about volumes. It's about distributing too many channels, whether it be online or shops or uh, salespeople that you have all mm -hmm. around the country. And so that expansion phase is what you need funding for. You may need another store. You may need more stock. You may need more staff. You may need more marketing to obviously expand your business. Mm -hmm. um, but what is great about having survived, and I use that word, um, uh, you know, purposely because it's, it's surviving. So you probably haven't been earning a salary, but you're able to prove to your investor and your funder that there's cash flow in the business. And this is what I want to emphasize. 
in retail, cash is king. The profit and loss, and I'm taking an assumption that you've educated your viewers on all these terminology, the profit and loss is only a reflection of where you've been and what you can achieve. But the cash flow says that you can sustain a certain amount of income or sales to mm. be able to be in business. And that's what an investor needs to understand. We talked about uh, this one thing as a funder, Spartan being a funder, we get scared about on retail. So we do fund retail, but it, it is the seasonality. Yeah. So now after you've broken even and you're trading, okay, have you done your six months or three years or whatever, now you still got the seasonality. Yeah. Isn't there periods of loss making and cash flow deficit? Absolutely. Especially if you take, for example, restaurant business. I mean, that's, uh, that's a retail sector. R restaurants are very seasonal um, in terms of when um, consumers are able to visit mm. them and want to spend. So there will be that period in which you are making far less than you would have in your high season. And that's what an investor needs to understand your cash flow can sustain those time periods. All right. Well, let's take a break. And when we get back on this episode of SME Funding, I want Lisa and Kumaran to open up a bit more about more of the pitfalls and the challenges that entrepreneurs in the retail space face, particularly as they begin to look at funding and financing their expansion. We'll be right back. Welcome back to SME Funding and today we're focusing on the retail sector and more importantly at which stage retail businesses need to begin to seek funding and what are some of the pitfalls and challenges that they may face. So before the break, Mona Lisa, you are beginning to paint a picture of some of the things that we need to be aware of. Mm. And I know that you've got a very healthy list <laughs> of the pitfalls that often entrepreneurs in the retail space are completely blindsided by. And they pick up a lot of these issues and challenges when they need cash and when they need capital to now finance their expansion as well as their growth. Please continue with certain of the thoughts that you have. So so the most obvious one, um, you know, in my view, is that the retail sector is very dynamic, and that's as a function of customers ever changing. Um, mm. Particularly, South African customers are becoming more exposed, more informed, so they're becoming a lot more demanding. Um, that then increases another dynamic, or your exposure to another dynamic, which is competition. Mm -hmm. So, as a small business, small retailer, you're competing against established retailers who are able to pitch at a better price because of their supply chains. So a lot of them own their manufacturers and therefore their pricing is, 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 is something that you are going to have a very tough time competing against um, based on how much you've spent mm. on your stock. Um, the other thing that blindsides, um, I think, retailers is that, or small businesses, a lot of them don't have previous experience. We take it for granted because we, ex we interact with retail that we know it. Mm. Um, but there's a science to it. There's a science in deciding, do I buy 12 of a, an item or six? Because if you buy 12, you're going to get a discount. But now when you're sitting with 11 that is not turning into cash is now your big problem. And please note, your supplier wants the money for the full 12 at the end of the month. So there are now your mm. typical issues. And even if you mark them down, you will still make a loss. Um, retail also is vulnerable to high staff turnover. It is a, uh, the, the wages are quite low. Um, and, and a lot of the staff don't have aspirations or see a uh, future, you know, am I going to be a cashier for all my life? So they will move for 100 Rand. 
that will impact your business because you're continually changing uh, staff mm. and so forth. And also loyalty, loyalty who theft, knows about the products, shrinkage so all of business. these things, yeah. shrinkages and acquiring the customer, I think is your biggest, it, we take it for granted. And I think most small businesses go into retail because five of their friends like their product. Your friends will like your product. They like you. Mm. So <laughs> they, will, they will say, yes, it's lovely. You've got to now convince another 10,000 people that this is the product. So those are the typical challenges and that's what is the high risk uh, aspect that bankers and investors fundamentally understand about retail. So in all that you said now in this last bit, it falls into two categories, right? The mm -hmm. last category is marketing. Mm -hmm. It seems to be an ongoing, enduring investment. Absolutely. No one funds that really. <laughs> and that first part of what you went through many things was almost that you need money for buffer. We used to call it F-up money, right? the <laughs> things that will go wrong, because yeah. there's a lot of things that are going to go wrong. That's a lot of things. So that's... Uh, that's a lot of... And also what I think is, you know, becoming more dynamic in the funding needs is that typically the a loan or investor resources are long-term, you know. Yes. So you may only need, in a retail environment, you may only need money for 12 months or six months during mm. a down period. Yes. And now you're bonded to a five-year loan. What does that do to your cash flow for those Will five years? Will you even years? be in business in five years, selling the same thing in okay. five years? And so this is doom and gloom. I mean, let's try and put a positive spin <laughs> to it, right? Let's go into some solutions. Positive, yeah. yeah. Uh, and let's start touching onto that. And, and what are some of the things that the retail entrepreneur, the retail SME, can be doing to mitigate, reduce uh, some of this uh, funding uh, requirements or be more creative in sourcing that? So I think some. first, you know, the, the funding opportunity or funding um, successes I've seen is an investor being convinced of your feasibility. And I think a lot of um, uh, small retailers do not take the time to really get into the business plan and whether the feasibility, what you say, because mm. I mean, we spoke off camera that uh, some businesses will post something on Facebook, they'll get a thousand likes, but only 10 customers. So it's about saying, is this market feasible? Mm. Are you able to provide it at the right price at the time that they want it? And that's the science about it. Um, the other um, things that they could start to do, I think is, or what I've seen work is it's difficult, but self-funding I think is probably the better route. It's harder um, to convince your family, but that is probably- There's no choice. There's no choice. no choice, there's no choice. Um, I would also, um, again, I mentioned that I would steer away from long-term funding. Look for an investor that is going to give you money for a period of time. Mm. So you need money for stock, which you are projecting to sell within six months mm. and you've got a marketing plan and all the experts that are going to support you to turn that around so mm. that you can pay it back within six months you don't need a five-year five-year loan mm. and when you are in business um, some of the things that I've seen get um, 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 retailers stuck is when they use credit cards to finance their businesses it becomes what does that mean they, they, they have, so as a personal, I have a credit card and I have 100,000 Rand in my credit card facility and I use that to fund the business. That's going to be tricky down the line. Um, yes, you may have better minimum payment terms, but the interest is going to kill you. You can use credit cards to float the business. So let's say you are yes. wanting to pay a supplier 
on the day that the invoice is due, you pay them using a credit card. And when the payment mm -hmm. is due 30 days later, you pay all of it back. So you've bought yourself an extra three months you know, to do certain things within that mm. time. That is where credit cards are, are positive, not to finance mm. a business. Mm. Because once you start defaulting, you affect your credit record for your suppliers and any future banks in particular um, are going to you know, look at so that. So you, the business, the credit card and your suppliers are all going down if you do that. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, after the break, we're going to continue talking about solutions, but more importantly, also giving you hints and tips of how to navigate the world of retail as well as what we're now finding is a very limited supply of financiers who are willing to invest in this particular market. Welcome back to SME Funding. So today our guest, Mona Lisa Sam of Dunga Retail Holdings, is breaking down some of the opportunities as well as the alternatives that are available to retail entrepreneurs, particularly in a very tight market when it comes to funding and financing expansion in that particular sector. So Mona Lisa, let's continue and talking about um, the solutions. Before the break, you were just showing us um, how to use the business and as well as the tools that are personally available to you to float your as opposed to finance. Mm. Let's now just talk about some of the margins that a retail entrepreneur needs to look at and how those can be used for and against you in this particular context. So, you know, depending on which sector of retail you're in, because remember, as a, as a small retail, you can't outprice yourself of market. And so part of, um, you know, what we've seen is that typically 40 to 50 percent is what you can you can mm. mark up but depending on how how much you acquired it for mm. because remember as a small business your negotiating terms versus an established retailer are much more you're on the back foot from the get-go mm. um, and so they will uh, a supplier typically wants to push volumes which in the beginning you might not be able That's to um, what I typically or advise um, is about those costs that you need to keep down. And one of those costs, unfortunately, is not paying yourself a salary. Um, if you are projecting to pay yourself a salary, um, you're putting yourself, you know, you, your costs are, are going up, number one. Number two, if, I always say, if you cannot pay yourself a salary or you cannot afford, and by that I mean you won't be able to survive, don't do it. It's, it's as simple as that. Don't do it until you are comfortable that you can cover yourself. Because you want to keep the costs as down as, hard, as, as much as possible. Mm. Working with experienced professionals is obviously expensive. Um, but there's lots of tools. You know, for example, us who are able to give you advice that will, you know, typically help you pay, uh, you know, reduce your school fees as it costs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so it's about, I think, you know, with small retailers, a lot of, you know, you take a fashion uh, retailer, great concepts, great uh, designs, but the cost of acquiring um, the material, the labor is what most of the time sets them apart. So you've got to look at innovative ways about how to keep your costs down. Yeah, uh, when you say you talk about the margins, right? And earlier on, you mentioned about the cost of funding mm. with the margins. So there's expensive cost of funding, like if you use your credit card to self-fund, mm -hmm. credit card rates are high. It's not meant to be used as a yes, medium-term yes, yes. funding. That's going to erode your margins into a lot. So once you get a bit of a cash float, 
you know, there's some caution to be advised. Can you can you talk about that? So you want to understand what are the the better ways to fund at a cheaper well, rate? No, I want to talk about some of the caution because yeah. there's the credit card and others that you can borrow from at very high interest rates. Mm -hmm. That's going to eat into your margin. So whilst you may get the two hundred thousand rand, it wipes out your your cash, cash flow, your, your profit, your profit, your profit. But so my 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 converse to that is sometimes it's better to have cash flow than no profit mm. um, in a retail business um, because your cash flow is what you need to continually buy stock so you may be profit high profits don't necessarily mean that you have high cash flow and that's what a funder wants to look at that you can but it, to answer your question some of the things mm. i would caution I think because the retail, and I've seen this, retail situation becomes so desperate. Um, you know, there are, let's say you're in a shopping center, some tips, um, the landlords will scream at this, but there's always that opportunity to go and renegotiate, for example, your rental, um, because it's typically a fixed cost and you can project it, it, but if you can reduce it for a period of time, that will help you a kind of, uh, you know, mm. those are some of the tips that I would say, um, go look at. Stay away from um, loan shark type um, funding opportunities because those are going to be expensive for you in the long run. Um, so I think in terms of, yes, profitability is good, but cash is the bigger win in retail and is going to convince your investors that this business can run and can pay us back mm. um, versus profitability because you may have been profitable profitable over the December period like all other retailers but come Jan, Feb, March you're in the dawn again you know so oh cash wow. flow is where. So Mona Lisa there's definitely an opportunity here for a specialist retail fund that looks at the specialized financing need of retailers taking into account some of the risks and the gaps that you have definitely highlighted yes. for us here today. Well Kamaran your tip of the week please as we wind down the show. You know, my uh, reflection on what we've discussed for this episode about retail is two things stand out for me. And uh, the one is that uh, there's a lot more that is unpredictable and can go wrong. So you need a lot more buffer money mm -hmm. for a retail business than versus another business. Right? Okay. So there's this concept of buffer money. And uh, also there's funding needed for the long road. Yes. Okay. Um, so my tip uh, for an SME uh, uh, retail business is to consider all those things that can go wrong, it's very hard, mm. and consider the long road and ensure that you secure as much of that funding up front. Mm. I, would, I would see there's a risk that if you're trying to f get the funding as you go, go. This is a very risky venture. Yeah. So it's very different from a non-retail business. So see the long road and get as much of the funding up front up as front. you can. Absolutely. I agree with you on that. All right. So thank you very much to our guest, Mona Lisa Sam, thank again you. of Dunga Retail Holdings, to Kumaran for that tip of the week. And to our viewers at home, we certainly hope that you learned something special, particularly if you're trying to grow a retail concern and particularly if you've housed it on the different platforms that we spoke about today. I loved that tip and when Elisa made that a thousand likes 
doesn't translate to a thousand sales. And those <laughs> are just some of the things that we've got to start to look at and understand about how we build them into our business models. If you'd like to share your questions as well as your concerns, please email us on smefunding at bdtv.co.za or follow this conversation at, at funding underscore SME on Twitter. Um, and if you're ready for funding or perhaps you've successfully managed to raise some funding to expand your retail concern, We'd love to hear about it. And who knows, you might be back on the SME Funding couch to join us. Also catch certain of these episodes on SME Funding on YouTube. And you're also welcome to follow them on the Business Day TV website. We look forward to you joining us again on SME Funding. And until next time, thank you very much.